0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Every single child... Every single child, when you were a kid, it was this way. When you became an adult, your kids did this. Every single child is great at asking one question. It's a three-letter question. It's the question, why? Every kid asks it, don't they? Every kid knows to ask why. From the time, they're, from the time they can talk, kids learn to ask the question, why? I mean, most kids... That's probably one of the very first questions they ask. And we have to know that most kids aren't disrespectful when they do it. You know, most, most of our children, uh, when they're two and three and four years old, asking mommy why, daddy why, they're not trying to be disrespectful and say, I don't want to listen to you. They're just, they're trying to gain knowledge, trying to understand why. And uh, the truth is that you weren't, uh, uh, you weren't meant to go through life not knowing answers, and adults know that, and kids learn that. And so what are they learning? They're learning to ask the question, why? Hey, we got to get ready because we're going to school. Mommy, why do we go to school, right? Hey, I've got I've to go to work. Dad, why do you go to work? Why are we going here? Why are we eating this? Why do we wear that? Why are we doing that? Why are we going? Why are we, why are we uh, uh, renting this? Well, you know, whatever the case is, they ask the question, why? And tonight, I want to answer the question, why giving? Why should we be involved in giving to missions? Why should we be involved in, in giving of the hard earned money that we have? Why should we give it? Back to the Lord. And so in regards to missions tonight, I just want to ask that question, why? Why should we be involved? It's a great passage that we're going to look at, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. I ask you to take your Bible and stand with me if you would. And We're going to actually go through two whole chapters tonight, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, but right now I just want to start in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 8 as we stand together just to read this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians and the book of 2 Corinthians. Really, they're just letters, letters to the church at Corinth, and Paul tries to give them a lot of instruction. 1 Corinthians is very much a corrective book the book of 1 Corinthians. It's very much like, hey, you need to realize that you are in the world, but not of the world. That's the whole book of 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians then, he just kind of writes to add on, I've corrected you on some things, now I want to encourage you in some things. And the whole book of 2 Corinthians is about encouragement in the Christian life. And as you come to 2 Corinthians chapter number eight, Paul's been talking about giving. Notice what he says. He says, I speak not, by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. I speak not by commandment. I'm not commanding you to do these things, but here's why I'm writing this. I'm writing this by the occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Again, we're going to take this passage tonight and the verses around it and answer the question, why? Why should every Christian, why should every Christian be involved in reaching the world with the gospel? Why should every Christian give towards missions? That's what we're going to look at tonight. So let's pray, and then we'll get right into the message. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the encouragement of the service today. Thank you for the encouragement already tonight. Thank you for the song of Your goodness, Lord, that you you have been so good to us. And God, I pray that tonight, as we get into the passage, as we get into this message, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. I pray that you'd help us. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand the answer to this question, why we should be involved in, in missions giving. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here tonight or even watching with us online that does not know for certain that heaven is where they would spend eternity. I pray that tonight would be the night they get that settled. I pray if there's someone here, God, who does know you as Savior, that is struggling with, uh, with getting involved in missions or not, that tonight would be the night that you challenge our faith in that way. And Father, I pray that every one of us tonight would leave with a burden to see more people come to know you as Savior and a burden to love you in deeper ways. We thank you, Lord, for what you're gonna do. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> As you and I come to 2 Corinthians, this, of course, for those of you that maybe would be a, a regular attenders, we would know that 2 Corinthians, it's a book we've preached through. I've, I've preached this passage a number of times, really during our missions emphasis every year, I think we come back. Uh, to this passage, but I want us to know kind of the, the context surrounding what takes place in Second Corinthians because what we learned a couple of weeks ago on Sunday morning two words, context matters. Context matters. Understanding the context matters to the application that can be made. And so here's what's taking place Paul, again, he's writing the book of Second Corinthians to help kind of encourage, to uh, challenge this church that he has corrected in the book of First Corinthians. He wants to draw them into a closer relationship with the Lord. And so he writes back to them to encourage them in some things. As you come to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he begins to write to them about the encouragement of giving to God, giving to God, and he encourages them to grow in their giving. Now, here's why Paul encouraged them to grow in their giving. Apparently, and I'm just going to give you all the background, apparently at some point, The church at Corinth, as well as many other churches, had heard that the believers at Jerusalem, the church at Jerusalem, was going through a tough time. They were going through a a struggling time. Uh, Many people believe it's because of the the attacks and the persecution against Christians that have begun to arise there in Jerusalem. And of course, being under the Roman Empire, they would begin to to persecute believers in in an intense way. And so, because of that, many people were losing their homes, their jobs, their lives a lot was taking place and so this church at jerusalem was having a great need a great really if i could say it a great depression within the church and so paul was traveling around and he was letting other people know hey listen there's a need at the church at jerusalem and i'm just going to ask you to reach down and and to be involved in this and this was getting around to all of the churches well many of the churches that paul had traveled to they had got on board They had got on board and said, all right, we want to give. We want to be involved with that need. We see that that church at Jerusalem is struggling. We want to help. And so all these churches begin to pitch in. Well, the church at Corinth, they had also heard about the need, but they had not given yet. And so Paul writes to encourage them, hey, hey, you heard about this need. You wanted to be involved, so go ahead and, and get involved go ahead and get involved. You've seen the need, now give towards it. And so as he he writes to them, he's writing to them to just make giving as much a part of their character or their their Christian life as any other characteristic. As a matter of fact, if you were to go to 2 Corinthians chapter eight and verse number seven, here's what Paul writes. He says, therefore, as you abound, as you grow in everything, hey, as you grow in these character traits, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love to us. Hey, as you grow in all these things, notice what he says, see that ye abound in this grace also. Well, what's he talking about? Again, talking about giving. He's saying, hey, you're going to grow in faith. Every Christian should grow in our trust in God, shouldn't we? You know what helps us grow in our trust in God? Trials do, don't they? Man, trials help us grow in our trust in God. And every one of us, we don't like trials when we're in them, but we're always appreciative of trials after them. Why? Because they grew our faith. They grew our faith. He says, hey, you're going to abound in faith. You're gonna abound in utterance. Utterance, this would be uh, understanding what to speak in certain situations, how to be a good testimony for God, how to speak words for Christ and know the situations that you're supposed to speak into. And he said, Hey, you're gonna grow in that. And you know what? Every single one of us, probably when we first trusted Christ as Savior, we were nervous as all get out to talk about the Lord, weren't you? Man, someone you know, would, would begin to maybe bring up a conversation and you know I should speak, I should say something for God, but I just don't know what to say. But as your Christian faith grew, now maybe you've been saved 10 years or you've known Lord for 18 years or 25 or 50 years. Now talking about the Lord, man, it's almost just a second nature to you. You grew in utterance, knowledge. He says, hey, you're gonna grow in Knowledge. What is knowledge? It's a deeper understanding of truths of the word of God. Every one of us have grown in knowledge. We've grown in that deeper understanding, the truths of the word of God. He says you're gonna grow in faith and utterance and knowledge in all diligence. Man, diligence is just the pursuit of seeking God and continually coming to him. And man, I wouldn't even need to say that for a Sunday night church crowd. Why? Because we understand the importance of the preached word of God and and we're diligently seeking after him. He says you're going to grow in all these things and you're going to grow in your love. Man, love towards others. That's something that God builds in us as we grow in him. We grow in our love towards other people. There's people that you probably know that you know when you Before you knew Christ, you couldn't stand them. After you know Christ, you begin to tolerate them. But then as you grow in the Lord, you begin to realize man, I'm going to love people just like Jesus loved me. And even some of the hardest people to love, you find yourself loving. What is all of that? All of that is just simple growth in the Christian life. I want us to remember this, and we're going through it on Sunday nights when we're in the book of Philippians. That until you and I take our last breath, we will never be done growing. God always wants us to grow in him. That's what he's writing about in Second Corinthians 8. Hey, you're just going to grow in these things. But then he says, so just like you would grow in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in diligence, in your love of others, make sure that you're growing in giving as well. But as Paul writes about this, then he comes to verse number eight, and he says, listen, the reason I'm writing this is not to command you to give. He's not saying, bless God, you better give or else. He's saying, no, there's two simple reasons that you and I should give. Number one, the forwardness of others, and number two, to prove the sincerity of our love. We're going to look at those two things tonight. But before we get to that, before we get to that, I want us to see some thoughts that we've learned. Actually, we learned them back in February. I preached a message out of this passage. But I want us to see tonight that as Paul writes to them about growing in giving, he wanted them to know a few thoughts about growing and giving. Number one, Paul wanted them to know that when it comes to growing in giving, excitement is not enough being excited to give doesn't mean that we're growing in giving you say pastor where do we see this take your bible if you would and go to second corinthians chapter 9 chapter 9 verses 1 through 4 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul continues this thought about giving. Notice what he says. You can look at there on your Bible, or you can look at the screen. The verses are up there as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 1, notice what Paul writes. He says, for as touching the, the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready, lest haply if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Here's what Paul is getting at in these verses. The church at Corinth, when they heard about the need of Jerusalem, they got excited. He said, hey, you were very zealous. You had a great zeal to get involved. They heard the church at at, uh, Jerusalem was in need, and and they, at some point after hearing this, man, they got excited. We're going to be involved. Yeah, Paul, we want to do something. Yeah, we see that they need that. Yeah, and he says, your zeal your excitement, it provoked a lot of people. It, it encouraged, it pushed a lot of people. But then in verse three and four, he says, but your zeal, it wasn't enough. it's not enough because you haven't stepped forward yet. You haven't stepped out to give yet. And he says, so now I'm sending people to you to receive that gift so that when the story is told, It's not just said, well, yeah, Corinth, the church at Achaia, Corinth, it'd be that area, that region. They were really excited, but they never took the step to give. And so Paul writes to them, hey, in your giving, you're not gonna grow in giving by just getting excited. Excitement is not enough. When it comes to giving, you and I, we need to know that excitement is not enough. Man, a lot of people get excited about giving But few are a part of giving. We can get excited about, I think, uh, going through this mission's emphasis. Listen, Last week, if you don't get excited about our church planner to South America, if you don't get excited about Barnabas 1040, that ministry, if you don't get excited hearing about uh, Jonathan Ballou in Thailand or Kenny Keck in Papua New Guinea or Amos Moses in, in India or uh, Pastor Benjamin Park in South Korea, if we don't get excited about uh, the Lancasters traveling and serving the military, all of the missionaries that we support, the church plants over in Seattle and Bellevue and Wenatchee. Listen, if we don't get excited about Wenatchee and what's happening there, there's something wrong. We should get excited about it. It should be exciting for us to hear. Man, Micah, they had 35. They had 37 in church. Man, praise the Lord. They had guests today. Praise God. 10 guests last week. That should be exciting for us. It should be exciting for us to know when Micah says, hey, your support is going to help me. Man, I want to get on board with what's taking place in Wenatchee. But excitement and giving are two different things just because I'm excited about what's happening doesn't mean I'm reaching down to sacrifice so that it can continue happening. And that's what Paul is writing about. Hey, excitement, it's not enough. So being passionate or being excited about giving, it doesn't mean that, that since I'm excited, that doesn't mean I'm growing. Paul writes that if we're gonna grow in giving, number one, excitement is not enough. Number two, if we're gonna grow in giving, it requires personal surrender. If we're going to grow in giving, it requires personal surrender. Well, where does he write about this? Go back one chapter to chapter eight. Remember, it's these two chapters that Paul is writing about giving. Chapter eight and verse one through five We'll just read verse number five for time's sake. Paul writes this, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Look back at verse number one, just so we can get the context. Paul says, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God, which uh, bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. For to their power, and I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, that they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did. Not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Pastor Tomlinson read these verses a few weeks ago, or last week, I believe on our Thursday night of our service As Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he says, hey, listen, I wanna wanna write to you about how the churches of Macedonia have grown in this. We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. We want you to know about the growth in this characteristic that's taken place in the churches of Macedonia. This would be uh, the church of Thessalonica or Berea, different things like that. He says, I want you to know they've grown in this. We presented the need to them and they're hurting. He said, they're going through a trial. But I bear record that even though they are in a trial, they reached down and to their power and yea, beyond their power, they were willing to give. He said, they reached way down. But then he says in verse number five, but this they did, they gave, not as we had hoped. You know, we were hoping, let me, let me just kind of give us a paraphrase. We were hoping for a hundred dollars. You know, from the churches of Macedonia, they're struggling. We were hoping for a for hundred dollars, but they gave more than we ever imagined. Well, how did they have the power to do that? Because they first, notice what he says, they first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You know what the churches of Macedonia understood? We will never grow in giving if we're still holding on to our own lives. If I think that my breath is mine, if I think that my work hours are mine and my time is mine and my conversation is mine and my, my home and my car and my kids and my clothes and my food, if I begin to get this mine mentality, I will never grow in giving because giving requires personal surrender. What is personal surrender? Personal surrender is that above and beyond Christianity we looked at a few weeks ago. It's just going through life with an open hand. Oh, God allows possessions to come into our life, but we don't cling on to those possessions. We live with an open hand. And our house, yeah, it's God's. My vehicle, it's God's. My children, they're God's. Oh, I'm gonna steward these things but a steward is simply a manager of something they don't own. That's what personal surrender is. It's realizing I'm a steward, not an owner. You see, a lot of Christians, we travel through life as an owner, don't we? We think we own our life. And here's what God is getting at through Paul to this church at Corinth, to us tonight. We will never grow in giving if we are not first personally surrendered. Living with an open hand, When it comes to finances, it's understanding, God, everything I have, it belongs to you. God, everything I have, it belongs to you. And if it belongs to him, then if he asks me for it, I'm a manager. (laughs) It's already his. So what is he doing? He's just simply asking me to not manage that anymore and give it back to him. (laughs) Personal surrender is required if I'm going to grow in giving and really, that's where giving starts. It starts at personal surrender. I look tonight and I see in this passage, Paul writes, and he says, Hey, I want you to understand some things. You need to grow in giving. If you're going to grow in giving, know that excitement is not enough. Know that growing and giving requires personal surrender. But then also, you need to re- realize that giving is always rewarded. God says, I will always reward when you give. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verses six through nine. Notice what Paul writes. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for or because God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able... To make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, and He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. As Paul writes this in these verses, he takes just a minute to encourage these believers that in their giving, as they give, God says, I will bless, I will reward as you give. So sparingly, reap sparingly. so bountifully, reap bountifully. Those of you that might have gardens at home, you understand that if you plant one seed, one seed, one seed could really go a long way, can't it? Man, one seed really can go a long way. Little Lena, <clears throat> she's not little anymore. Lena, my 13-year-old daughter, Craig and I were talking about this, uh, they just grow up, kids grow up so quick. So Lena, a few years ago, she planted, right as we moved into our, the house we remodeled and everything, she planted right in the front, she just planted a few tomato plant seeds. And she planted these seeds. And, and that first year, last year when they came up, I mean, they probably got, what, a dozen little baby tomatoes from that, not very many, not very many, just planted a few seeds But as that one plant, and never really went through and took care of that plant, but as that one plant began to put out other seeds, this year, this year, that little one seed, because of all of the other seeds dropping into the ground through the year, that one tomato plant has turned into like five or seven or 10 tomato plants. And this year, it, she was coming in one day with literally cupful, bowlfuls of little tomatoes. And Hannah's like, where did you get those? And she's like, they're off my tomato plant. All the seeds spread. Man, one seed, one seed did that. But one seed, that was really sowing sparingly. One seed produced a 100 baby tomatoes. What would have a whole, a whole handful of seeds produced? Man, a whole handful of seeds, if one produced a hundred, a whole handful could produce a thousand. This is the principle that Jesus is giving through Paul to the church of Corinth. As you give, God will bless. It's said this way in the book of Luke chapter six, I believe in verse number 36, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto you. Man, what a principle. As you grow in giving, God promises to bless, but we have to see in this passage, growing and giving means that I'm not giving grudgingly. I'm not giving grudgingly. You see that word grudgingly there? Don't give grudgingly. This means out of annoyance or out of grief or being pressured into it. That's why at our church, I think early on, I, I didn't mean to But early on when we started the church, I'd kind of really push people. Man, if you're not getting involved with missions, then bless God, you're disobedient. And, you know, I'd preach that. And and you know what? Some I do believe that to a certain degree, that if we're not involved, we're missing out. And and especially if God's called us to that. But I kind of try to push it, you know? And, And sometimes I felt that maybe I pushed people into a corner. And so people thought, well, I have to get involved. I've been pushed into this. What is that? That's giving grudgingly. I've been, there's been grief introduced to me, and so I'm gonna give because I'm feeling the pressure. Paul says we shouldn't give because we're feeling the pressure, nor should we give of necessity. What does what the phrase of necessity mean? You can look at that and look it up, but necessity means being guilted into it, feeling like I have to. Well, if I don't get involved, then, well, if I, oh no. I fine, I guess I'll, uh, and we kind of have that spirit of, fine, God, you ask. And Paul said, you're, it's, the reward isn't going to come if you're giving grudgingly or giving of necessity. He says, no, if you give, though, with the right spirit, God promises to bless. So what's the principle we're looking at tonight? The principle is simply this. We should grow in giving. How do we grow in giving? Well, we need to understand excitement's not enough. It starts at personal surrender. Giving is always—it's always, always going to be rewarded. But notice, fourthly, giving it blesses others. As you grow in giving, other people are going to be blessed. We see this in the Second Corinthians eight one through four, where he says, "Listen, the churches of Macedonia—they gave." And it was a blessing to us. It was a blessing to the churches at Corinth or to the, your church. It's a blessing to the churches at Jeru- to the church at Jerusalem. It's been a blessing everywhere we went. We have been writing or we've been telling people about the giving of the believers of Macedonia. And it has been a blessing. The truth is today that God uses our example. When we give, God uses our example just to be an encouragement to other people. Man, as you and I give, when we give to missions, let's talk about that specifically. As we give to missions, do you know who it's a blessing to? It's a blessing to people that you and I will never, ever meet. We'll never meet them. This side of heaven, we will never meet the people who have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior through the ministry of Amos Moses. Listen, Last Sunday morning, we were in and we listened as, as he recounted for us what was going on in their ministry. I think it was last Sunday morning or maybe two Sunday mornings ago, two Sunday mornings ago. And Amos got on and he said, you know, Pastor Dennis, this year's been a rough year. If you were in the call, you remember, this year's been a rough year. He said, this year has been challenging. I can't get back into the country of India. Of course, they've been kicked out for years, uh, but now he said, you know, I'm trying to just get back in uh, just to go back on crusades, but this year I couldn't do anything. So we decided to take the church that we had started, we took it online. And if you remember, you were in here. He said, we had that little church. About 150 people were joining us online. He said, Pastor Dennis, now we have six to 800 a week in our online services. And people... People from India are being saved who live all over the world, not just in India. All over the world, there's a lady in Seattle who trusted Christ because of the ministry of Amos Moses. We will probably never, never meet some of these people, but because of our giving, man, it's a blessing to them. That's what Paul's writing about. Hey, your giving, it just is a blessing to people. And as you grow in your giving, you need to know it blesses others. But as we grow in our giving, we need to recognize excitement's not enough. It requires personal surrender. Giving, it is always rewarded, and giving blesses other people. But I want to answer the question of why. Why should we give? Why do we give to, to the Lord and to missions giving Notice verse number eight in 2 Corinthians chapter eight where Paul, where we started tonight, says, I speak not by commandment. Hey, I'm not commanding this, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. Very quickly tonight, two reasons, two reasons to give. Number one, the forwardness of others. Now, what does that mean, the forwardness of others? The phrase forwardness of others, it means quick and earnest care of others. Basically, Paul is writing this, give to help meet the needs of other people. That's what he's writing about, because of the quick and earnest care of others. Hey, you see a need and you are the forwardness. You're quick to respond to it. Paul says that should be a reason that we give. I'm looking around tonight and some of you I may not know well, but I know most of you in here and I would truly say this about just about everybody in here, everybody in here with the exclusion of maybe Robert, but every, no, I'm just kidding. Everybody in here, if we were walking down the road if we're walking down the road or we're driving down the road and we look off to the side and we see a a, a mother and a a son just walking along the road and that son is is barefoot and and without a coat and it's snowing or pouring down rain, I don't know many people, I don't know many people that would just look and go, huh, I'll never help somebody like that. I'm thinking in here, if we, if, if anybody in here if we really saw something and we knew there's a need that I could meet, I think most of the people in here would just, would just jump at an opportunity. I remember a few years ago, it was in the month of August. And of course, I serve as a chaplain for the sheriff's office. And we were here finishing up a Sunday evening service. And right when we got done, we had a fellowship that night and I got a phone call. We had a, we had a windstorm that came through during service. And I, I don't know if, man, there's probably only about six or eight people in here right now that were there or were here at the service then. But man, wind, the winds had knocked out a ton of power and we got done with our service and we were just having a fellowship, hanging out, playing some games. My phone rings. And I answered the phone and they said, hey, Dennis, this is so-and-so from the sheriff's office. We have a situation and we need your help. I said, yeah, what's going on? They said, you know that windstorm that blew through? Yeah. They said, the the dunes down here just got hammered and it was still going. The wind was still going. They said, and there are people out here that their tents have literally blown away with their stuff and things are buried and we just need somewhere to bring these people because they're not from Moses Lake. We need somewhere to bring them until the storm passes over. Can we bring them to the church? I said, well, yeah, bring them over here. And people started showing up at our church. These sheriffs, these deputies were bringing people to our church. I don't know how many people we had come in that night, probably 15 or 20 people. And our church, we were just having a cupcake fellowship or something and people started coming in. And you know what? They were coming in, many of them, many of them were literally just in a pair of shorts. They had little babies there that were just, some of them just in their diaper because they were out on the fun day on, the, beach, on the, the sand dunes and it was a beautiful afternoon and then that windstorm just came up out of, we know how the winds can be here in Moses Lake. That windstorm just came out of nowhere. But you know what was a huge blessing to me as a pastor and a huge blessing to many of our church family, a huge blessing to these people and to the officers, to the deputies, is that as these people were coming in, Many of our church family just were like, Hey, hey, do you guys need a change of clothes for the baby? Hey, do you need a shirt? Hey, do you need, and they begin to look around and realize, Here's some people with some needs, and they begin to jump on those needs. What was that? That was the forwardness of others. They realize there's a need and I can help it. Man, Paul says if we see a need, one of the reasons we should get involved in missions is because we see a need. We see a need. Can I tell you right now that the need that we look at, <clears throat> excuse me, the need that we look at in, in Scripture is the need of the lost, that people need Christ. Man, people are dying every second, and people need the Lord. I looked up some statistics, and you can read them there, that the annual deaths per year, 56, what's that number? Million 56 million people die every year. You can see it on there. Uh, 4,679,452 die per month. 153,424.7 per day. 6,392.7 people per hour. 106.6 people per minute. Every second, two people. 10 seconds. Five sec ten seconds and how many people or five seconds how many people died? Ten. Ten seconds, twenty people. That's the statistic of people in the world dying every second. And the truth be told. The truth be told. And I'm not trying to guilt us, I just want to encourage us. Many of those people have never heard of Jesus Christ. And as you and I are sitting in here in a church service. And the seconds are ticking by, souls are slipping into eternity. And people in South America who have never heard. And people of India who have never heard. And people in South Korea who have never heard. And Papua New Guinea who have never heard. And Wenatchee and Moses Lake. There's a great need, folks. There's a great need. People need Jesus Christ as their Savior. Savior. And Paul writes, you want to know a great reason to get involved? Because of the forwardness of others. You need to be earnest to jump and care for others. We should give because we see the need, not only the need of souls and people to be saved, but I think of... Many of the needs presented last week, the food and clothing needed, that that church plant in South America and the people there, the kids there that that don't eat common meals, they just don't get a meal. And uh, um, uh, Pastor Hector, who was here saying, they no longer ask, what'd you have for breakfast today? They ask, when's the last time you ate? And as you and I can give, we can give so that literally the physical needs of somebody are met and then the spiritual need because as they meet the physical need, they present Jesus Christ to these kids and to these adults. And this happens all over the world. As you and I give, we're simply meeting the needs of other people. But again, the greatest need is the lost coming to Christ. Why should we give to missions? Number one, the forwardness of others. But number two, giving It proves our love. Giving proves our love. Notice what Paul writes at the end of verse number eight. When he says, I I write not this by commandment. I don't want to give this by, speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove, to prove the sincerity of your love. Skip down to verse number 24 where Paul writes this. Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches, the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. The statement was made famous by Amy Carmichael, and it's this statement. It's used all over. It's used in financial things, financial classes. It's this simple statement. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Paul points out that Jesus led by giving out of love. Look at verse number nine of chapter eight. Verse number nine of chapter eight. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that... Though, although he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became, what's the word? Poor. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. You know what he's highlighting? He is highlighting the simple truth that Jesus gave so that you and I could receive. Well, why did Jesus gave? The most well-known verse of all time lines it out for us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. God gave, Christ gave because of love. Romans 5, 8, but God commended, demonstrated, showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, he loved you and me so much that he gave. You know what giving does? Giving proves our love. It proves our love. The love of God provoked him to give. It is the demonstration. Giving is the demonstration of love. Giving is the work behind the character trait of love. And I'm not going to belabor this point tonight, but I simply want to say it this way We invest into what we love. We invest into what we love. When we love the Lord, we're going to invest in what he loves. We're going to invest in the things of the Lord. When I love the Lord, I'll just be honest and be frank with us tonight. When we love the Lord, tithing isn't an issue. Because I recognize 100% belongs to him. So giving him 10% means nothing. I, I love him. He already gave to me. I want to give that back to him. But the same is true in faith missions. When I love, I'm going to give. I'm going to give because of the forwardness of others, but I'm going to give because of my love. When we love the Lord, we're going to love what he loves. What does Jesus love? He loves people coming to Christ. When we love the Lord, we're going to give him everything We own. We're gonna give him ourselves. That's personal surrender. I'm gonna give him my time. I'm gonna give him my abilities. I'm gonna give him my thoughts. I'm gonna give him my family. I'm gonna give him my actions. I'm gonna give him my money. I'm gonna give him literally everything in in my life. Why? Because everything I am belongs to him. We will give freely to him when we recognize And we recognize all he did for us. Two reasons to give. Two reasons to give. The need of others. And it proves our love. Hey, listen, as you grow, you're going to grow in faith. Man, grow in trusting God. You're going to grow in utterance, growing in know how to speak for God. You're going to grow in knowledge, growing in understanding and knowing God more. You're going to grow in, in, uh, in, in diligence and in pursuing God more. You're going to grow in loving others more. But see that you don't miss growing in giving. How do I grow in giving? Well, you got to understand excitement isn't enough. <laughs> We can get excited about missions all we want. Man, I'm so excited about Hector. I'm so excited about Dwight. I'm so excited. Excitement's not enough. It requires personal surrender. But then know that giving is always rewarded. Giving is always a blessing to other people. But why do we give? I give because of the needs of people. And I give because I love Jesus Christ and I love what he loves I want to tell you this tonight. I would not ever, I would not ever want to preach a message like this to guilt somebody into giving. Do you realize that in scripture he never says how much we give? He actually says that we should give according to what we have. He doesn't say, everybody give $1,000 because the truth is not everybody can afford $1,000. He get, he says I want you to give just like I've given to you. If I've given you a lot, then maybe your giving might be higher than someone else. If I've given you a little, then your giving might be a little lower than somebody else. It's not about what we give. It's about the motive behind it, the why we give. Why do we give? Forwardness of others and because we love him. i want to have every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. As we come to a time of invitation, tonight I want to challenge you, I want to challenge you to ask God. Ask him one more time, God, what should I give? God, what should I give? Ask him tonight. God, help me to see the need of others. Help me to give because of the needs of people. God, help me to give because I love you. And tonight, I want us to take this a little bit deeper. Let's let's think outside of missions giving. Let's think about our time and our words this coming week, our actions. And this week, let's just ask the Lord, God, help me this week. Help me this week to be personally surrendered to you, realizing that I need to give you everything about me. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.